guys, welcome back to another episode of the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host as always, Robbie Burke, and we are brought to you by upmentorship.com, one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. This episode's guest is Yosef Johnson from Ultimate Athlete Concepts. Yosef is the man behind UAC, which is a multifaceted company providing the most sophisticated scientific material in sports science. On this episode, Yosef and I talked about Yosef's background, how Ultimate Athlete Concepts came to be, Dr. Michael Yeses's influence on Yosef, the new Ultimate Athletes Concepts website and Yosef's host for it moving forward, and we finished the show talking about politics, culture, environment, and human behavior. Very interesting indeed. This was another great episode, guys, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, Mr. Yosef Johnson, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast. Just for my listeners who may not be too familiar with who you are, just fill us in on your background. Well, uh, you know, I, I, right now I'm, I'm current uh, owner and president of Ultimate Athlete Concepts. It's a publishing company uh, kind of specializing in uh, uh, the science from the former Soviet Union and Eastern Bloc countries. Uh, we, we publish the, the works of uh, like uh, Dr. Vera Sh- Yuri Vereshensky, uh, Dr. Anatoly Bondarchuk, Dr. Vladimir Surin, uh, Dr. Michael Yeses, uh, who, who's deeply rooted in the Soviet sports uh, system uh, as as, uh, as an American. Um, so we, we've kind of taken it from that point of view. My history uh, started actually as an athlete over 20 years ago. I just wanted to, to learn how to, to develop better athletic ability and uh, started reading a bunch of books on the subject. Uh, I came across Soviet, uh, the secrets of Soviet sports fitness and training, which ultimately I actually ended up publishing. Um, but I read that book. I found it fascinating what the Russians were doing. And I'd already seen the results. Dr. Yesis had already trained a guy named Todd Marinovich back in the 80s to really unbelievable ability level. Uh, and he was genetically not, you know, on the high end. And so I thought there, there's something here, you know, that he could take a normal guy and train him to be a high level, you know, athlete. Uh, so with that being the case, you know, I contacted him, went out to meet him a couple months later in California, and you know, here we are, 21 years later, still kind of working together. And uh, the, the publishing thing came up about uh, 10 years ago. Uh, Dr. Barishansky approached us about publishing one of his books. Uh, I had no idea about publishing. Uh, Dr. Yesis knew how to translate, but that was it. Uh, and so uh, on a lark, we kind of just did it. I, I asked people on the super training uh, group at that time if anybody would be interested, and we got really a lot of feedback, good feedback. And uh, so that being said, um, uh, we, we did it, and it was a success. Uh, and so I partnered with Dr. Barashansky, and now, you know, obviously now with his daughter, uh, Natalia, we've had a good relationship, uh, you know, um, developing you know this material and then it just kind of went from there I had other uh, other authors uh, I got in contact with or approached me and we developed their material and um, it's uh, it's been interesting you know uh, I've learned a lot uh, you know uh, doing this as a you know as a business and so it's been kind of an interesting ride uh, in that way I've met a lot of new people because of it and so you know, we're at this precipice now of, of trying to start to be a larger uh, influence in the industry, and so we're developing a new site that will hope, hopefully help that along. 
Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I was saying to you offline, like every year, I you know, I, I, I like put my, I get like a little separate bank account. I'm like, this is my ultimate Ali Comstats one because you come out with some new, some, uh, new new material every year like and there's some great new material on the on the website just with the top Maranovich is that the top Maranovich is in the quarterback yeah wow yeah. I actually didn't know Dr. Yes has worked with him sure he, he was, he was... Uh, Dr. Yes is the reason why he developed I mean, you know, a lot of people credit uh, you know a lot of other people but Dr. Yes has got him when he was 13 wow and so by the time he was 18 uh, is when there when that ended because he went to USC mm. uh Todd could throw the ball 80 yards in the air with a two-step drop uh, at, at the age of 18. Wow. Uh, and, and, uh, and he was not genetically gifted. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, it was obvious. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Dr. Yesis is the one that was responsible for, for Todd's development on the physical sense. Yeah. Just to, yeah, you know, so the question I always ask everyone, and, and I know obviously Dr. Yes is, is going to be one of these people, but I always like to ask uh, everyone I interview, who has been the biggest influence on you as a, as a person? Uh, in this field, uh, Dr. Yes has easily been the biggest influence on me. And wow. the reason why is, is, is multifold. One is because, you know, obviously he, he's a great scientist in his own right. Yeah. And he's very underrated in that way. Very, like, under, very of, underrated. Very underrated because a lot of people think there's, you know, there, there's, there's something's new or there's something more advanced. And, and, and they don't realize a lot of things have been around for a long time. You just didn't know it. Mm. And he's been around, you know, he started in the 50s and then uh, started translating the articles in the 60s. So he's been around. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's been at this for almost 60 years. Uh, so he's definitely been the, by far the biggest influence on me in terms of my own knowledge, developing me on how to train an athlete. And, and also, he's allowed, he's helped me to be able to discern what's good and what's not good out there, you know, to, to know uh, different people's material, to be able to kind of decipher and be able to know for myself whether or not something has high value or not. And, and that's huge because, you know, if you, if you don't have that, you can get swayed and influenced in a lot of different directions, and all those directions may not be the direction you should be going in. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. So, in in terms of uh, in in terms of the ultimate athlete concept, so Professor or or Doctor uh, Yuri Verkhovsky came to you and asked to translate some books. So, what happened from there? Like how? Well, you said like you, you knew nothing about publishing or websites. Yeah, so, like, right, how, like, right, like, right. like what? How, I, how, I literally had no idea. I knew nothing. So, so like, like let, let's let's take it from there. Then, what, what did you do next? Like, what okay. Happened? So what we did was, I, I belonged to the super training uh, group on uh, you know the, the discussion group that had been started by Mel Siff, and Mel had already passed away at that point, and so uh, I put it out there. I said, would anybody be interested if we did this book? and got tons of good feedback and it was enough this is really the, the exactly what i thought it was enough to cover the cost of doing it so i said okay we'll take we're going to take you know a, a a gamble and do it well we did we covered the cost in a short period of time and, it, and by the way let me say it's not cheap uh doing train translations or otherwise and here's what's interesting the book that he gave us which was at that it was what eventually became now the special strength training manual he actually wrote in English, and I can tell you he is not an English speaker. So uh, that book uh, was, in, 
for, for, for me, it was incomprehensible to me, right? Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting, though, is that uh, Dr. Yeses had already was so familiar with the material that he uh, was able to decipher it and make it comprehensible. So it had never been in English. I mean, I'm sorry, it had never been in Russian in that way. It had only, he would have been better off had it been in Russian. He could have just translated it. Yeah. But what he actually did was decipher the English. So he gets it done, and uh, I, I take it to, I, I just knew a local printer, right? And we just did it on a spiral-bound deal. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, started putting it together. And then once we started to get a little attention then I started learning, okay, how to get a print, you know, a print situation set up, how to get a, a designer and all this stuff. Uh, it, it was a, a just total, I was getting, you know, uh, baptism by fire, if you will, right? I was just kind of learning uh, on the job on how to do it. And then once I got the system more, a little bit more in, in, in place, you know, that's where we started to develop, uh, you know, more books later. And it, interestingly, uh, Dr. Vladimir Zetsiorsky had approached me about doing a book for Dr. Asurin, who was a former pupil of his, and we took that on. That was successful. Uh, had taken on Dr. Bandachuk's book, uh, the transfer training books, after he moved here uh, to North America. And that's kind of how it evolved, you know. But, but the publishing business is di vastly different than I think it was 20 years ago. You know, you don't need to go to a major publisher, and you're not just kind of totally at their mercy you have options and the, the the place the role that i play with my authors that most of them are native english speakers or you know they're not americans and what i can do what we do is we try to partner to help promote their their uh their work so it's not like me promoting my brand and they come along for the ride i individually promote the stuff of other people and and then the brand kind of comes along for the ride if you will okay because i'm not bigger and I, I just told this to another gentleman who i was talking to earlier dr barry is far bigger than my brand and dr bundachuk is far bigger than my brand what i'm doing is basically trying to give them exposure to a market that otherwise didn't have access to their material great stuff so we kind of got in touch because you were saying there's there's some new things happening on Ultimate Alley Concepts in terms of the website and, 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 uh, and going forward into the future in terms of maybe being able to directly communicate a little more to the actual authors and, and uh, producers of the DVDs and books on the website. So can you maybe t fill the listeners into what you're hoping to do with Ultimate Alley Concepts moving forward? Yeah, so it was born out of, out of something that was kind of what I saw happening a lot, which was... People would, would I, I would start seeing people repeat stuff that they saw in one of my books, but they were applying it totally wrong. Or they had this wrong conception that, uh, that the material was written for the level of athlete that they worked with. So what you have to remember was, is that none of my authors had written for low-level athletes. They never did. Everything they wrote was intended for a high-level athlete. Well, how many people do you know that actually work with a high-level athlete? You know, there's not very many of them to go around. So, you know, if you're at the college level, you don't have a high-level athlete. You have a college athlete. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a professional strength and conditioning coach in the United States, you're not necessarily dealing with a high-level athlete. You might just be dealing with a genetic freak. And, there, and that, there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Um, you know, typically only on the Olympic level do you find high-level athletes, right? 
so being able to extrapolate that material onto the athlete they were working with, that was a question. And then I'd get people that would call me and write to me and say, hey, I don't understand this book. And, I, and, and I, you know, my explanation was, well, number one, I'm just a publisher. I don't understand it either anymore than you do. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Um, and as time passed, you know, I, I, I understood the you know, material better. I'm talking with the author, asking them questions. And I thought, you know, we, we got to bridge this gap because there's not, in the United States, we don't study athletes. So there's not a lot of great material in the U.S. because there's no such thing. It's not a knock against the American system because there is no American system. There's nothing. Uh, the USOC doesn't like lead the way in research on athletes or anything. They don't. They don't have the funding. It's it's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just that it doesn't happen, right? And uh, it's nothing like what the Soviets did. You know where where they studied it and they were just extremely uh, aggressive in, in in learning more and getting better. And we don't, we've never done that. So I think what I wanted to be able to do was bridge that gap, right? So they're 20, 30 years ahead of us, and I'm trying to, 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 to knock that down so that you can start to comprehend some of the things that you're reading. And Because here's the bottom line. If, if you can't use what you've read, what was the point? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want you to be able to come away after reading some of our material and interacting with us on our site and then being able to take something that actually affects what you actually do in practice. And, uh, and, and I don't think that that's happened as much as it needs to. Um, so what we're doing is we're creating a, a new site with a bunch of different interactive tools. One is going to be uh, a Q&A where you can ask the experts questions. And what I'm going to do is uh, some of them will be answered uh, you know, in written form. But what I'm going to do is take a collection of questions, and then uh, on a monthly basis we're going to ask, the author directly during a podcast. We're just going to ask him the questions, and he's going to answer them directly. So you, you know, you listen to the podcast and see if your your question gets in there. Now, obviously, these people are extremely busy, so I'm not going to be able to answer every question. But I'm at least going to try to start this dialogue, right? And then we're also going to go through the books of our, our authors and, uh, through an interview process and have them explain chapters to us. You know, tell us what you mean by this. What do you mean by that? Uh, how did this apply? How would this apply to a lower level athlete? So on and so forth. Uh, then we're also going to uh, have a forum where coaches can interact uh, with other coaches and say, uh, um, you know, hey, uh, you know, I've been trying this at my place. What do you think? You know, this is what, how would I interpret that? What are you finding? That kind of thing. Um, I think that is uh, a key. Uh, will be a key because there's coaches who are starting to use this Soviet, some of these models, uh, they're starting to use them, um, uh, you know, now and having very good success in the United States. There's probably about five, six, seven coaches maybe who are really uh, uh, just doing really good stuff, right? And, uh, and so now a younger coach could come along and say, okay, how are you doing that? You know, uh, I need to ask you a question, like a, a menial question, like what sequence do I do these exercises? And something like this, you know, something very practical. Uh, and then also we're going to have a blog where we're putting a lot of material out in that regard, uh, you know, where we're talking about, um, you know, concepts and things like this. Um, and then we're also going to uh, post articles that our, our authors will write. And, and one other thing that we're going to try to get in here too is an exercise – uh, demonstration 
because a lot of special strength exercises a lot of coaches aren't familiar with. And so what we're going to do is some demonstrations of special strength exercises that might apply to a particular sport or a particular event. So we're going to try to, we're going to do our best to really cut down the distance between the coach and the coach and the scientist. Sounds absolutely amazing. So uh, something we were speaking about offline, like in terms of ultimately concepts, do you find that, you know, that uh, you get a lot more attention to the website from more kind of coaches based outside the U.S. than you do in the U.S.? And if so, why do you think that is? And, and is this why you want to expand those Matali concepts so you can actually get more of this information out to the masses? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You know, I get, uh, you know, we, we, we have good following in the United States. I can't say that that's not the case, but I, and I, but I have a very good international following, which I think that customer is more savvy mm-hmm. and they may understand the material better where I think it gets more misinterpreted in the United States right so it, it's kind of like um, it's an interesting challenge because when you think you understand something and you and you, and you don't understand it, it it you know you know you're kind of in a weird place right because you, you think you got it and you don't and I've and this has happened with me over the years I thought I understood something, and then like two years later, light bulb goes on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't understand that at all. Uh, you, you know what I mean? I, I didn't know what I didn't know, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the international customer is more savvy, I think. And I think the reason why is because, uh, in my opinion, the, the, the international cup, what we do, um, what we do in the United States is kind of, it's not even a science thing. We don't study athletes in the U.S. And in other countries, they at least have, have taken some of, there's, it, it, like in Europe, for example, you know, Europe has been somewhat influenced by the Russians to whatever degree. Absolutely, you know, yeah. So like in Italy, for example, Carmelo Bosco took up with Dr. Bereshansky, and he did some really great work. And there's other great scientists that came out of Italy, right? There's some good ones in Spain. Uh, the U.K.'s been doing some really good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, you know much more than, than had been done previously. In matter of fact, I think uh, Dr. Bosco's former protege, Marco Cardinale, was working there for a while with the Olympic team, uh, the, the center there. So you've got, you just had that, that there's a little bit of a bigger influence uh, on the Europeans especially. Uh, and Australia actually as well has done some really uh, more avant-garde uh, stuff. So I think that, that what's interesting about it is that in the United States, We've always just kind of gotten by our natural talent, and we have this great cross section of ethnicities that allows us to have great genetically gifted athletes in a lot of different sports. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny because, well, as we were discussing offline, you know, you asked me what because I spent a lot of time in America, like kind of comparing the strength and conditioning and profession in America to back here in Ireland and Europe, and you know, I kind of said that I, I feel that the coaches here in in Europe, in Ireland, and the UK and Europe are just as good as coaches anywhere else in the world, and. Uh, I always joke to the coaches back home here, you never hear any of the Eastern European coaches go, well, uh, the, the old American material said this. It's always, everybody goes back and says, well, the, the old Russian, everyone quotes the Eastern European Russian stuff. So oh, yeah. It's, right, ne- right. it's never the other way around. So I'm like, oh, this no, stuff. There, well, there's no, the funny thing is, as I met some of the Russians, they, uh, one of my friends, he's a specialist in psychology, and he said, he said that, that when they were, when he would be in, in school, the professors would kind of, you know, talk about how incompetent the, the Americans were. And he said, uh, 
you know, he said, I thought they were BS and I thought it was propaganda, right? He said, then I get over here. And he said, oh my God, they were right. These guys don't know anything. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, something that's an interesting quote, he, uh, in his Russian accent, he said, uh, he said, then uh, I learned about this BF Steiner. He said, this is what you call a bullshit in, in, in American? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the right word. He said, you know, this stuff's absolutely BS. Uh, uh, and and he said, I thought all along that the, my teachers were lying to me, that they were holding out on us, that you guys had some really great secrets. He said, and then come to find out, false advertising. You guys were way behind us. Just uh, I know I asked at the start about your background. You you kind of got kind of straight into the ultimately concept website, but go back a little bit further in terms of when you were an athlete and and, and yeah. you, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, you you were also so, you were lucky to you were blessed that when you were not you got to work with Dr. Yeses and that's kind of what got you to where you are now. Yeah, so what happened was you know I I I, I played uh, basketball in high school and I was a, an average maybe below average athlete. And the school I went to had a lot of really good athletes, uh, really hot you know uh, uh, more gifted guys, and it really just drove me crazy because I'm very competitive. And I wanted to be able to find a way, and I, and I, but I'm an optimist, so I really wanted to find a way. How do you, how do you, how can you work on that? You know, I knew I could work on things like my jump shot or ball handling. I didn't know how you could work on, you know, your athletic ability. So, uh, with that being uh, the case, um, you know, I, I I started searching. So I read a bunch of stuff. A lot of it was not not any good. And and, and when I found Doctor Yeses as an athlete. I was going to go back to school and play. I was in. I, I was already out of college, but I could go back. You still could. You could still hang around a little bit uh, and and um, uh, have that eligibility. I think I had one year that I could still play, and I wanted to go back. It was just kind of like a, uh, if you want to say an itch that I hadn't scratched. I just I, I wasn't able to put that down because it really bothered me that I couldn't figure it out. Uh, so I started working with him now here, but and and. But I had problems right from the get-go, right? I had an immune system problem that I developed when I was 15 that gave me uh, quite a bit of fatigue. Mm. And I also had a herniated disc at L5-S1, and, uh, which gave me a decent amount of pain down the back of my leg. Um, and so, so obviously, I'm starting off at a disadvantage, right? I have no genetic ability, and then also I've got this immune system problem and a herniated disc in my back. Uh, but I, 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 but being the optimist, I was going to give it a shot anyway. And I, what I was able to do with Dr. Justice was, was muted, obviously, because of the health issues, right? And I, I was already married, had a child, working full-time, uh, you know, so I had a lot on my plate on top of the health issues. But I was still getting really good results. I couldn't believe it, right? I, I, I was improving physically quite a ways. And I was not even able to finish a lot of workouts, or I had to miss a lot of days because I you know, feel terrible the workout before which wasn't that intense but because of my health issues it was very hard to recover uh so i I hung in there for a couple of years got really good results and i'm like wow i must be on to something and then i was going to be done uh but you know i was like okay i'm going to go ahead and use my degree you know i'm going to finish my schooling uh and and get involved in business and um but people uh were interested in what i was doing i had people asking me questions about how to train and it kind of evolved from there so so it was initially as the athlete, I saw the results. I had gotten results that I hadn't seen anybody else get, even though my health conditions were there. Uh, so I realized that I was onto something that was totally 
not common in the United States. Great stuff. And then, so you just built a relationship. Like, how did you how did you meet Doctor Yeses? Like, I bugged the crap out of him. So I read his book, right? And uh, I I ordered this book. I read it, which I publish now. And I called the University of Cal Fullerton. I said, Hey, uh, you know, I wanted to find Doctor. He's not there. He retired at that time. Yeah. So I'm like, well, Do you know where he's at? And, and the lady said, Yeah, he's got a business down in Escondido, uh, California. I'll give you his number. So I call him. And, you know, I don't know what he's thinking about me. He must think of this nut, this guy chasing him down, you know, wanting him to help him with his athletic ability, right? And uh, two months later, three months later, I, I fly out there, we meet. And I think my enthusiasm kind of kept him, you know, in, interested to whatever degree. Yeah. And, uh, and so I would try to make myself useful. I would do, like, things for him if he needs me to to research something down or call somebody or get this done or that done, you know, he would call me. And so I tried to earn my keep in that way. And he would teach me as a, as a, as his payment. Uh, and so we did that for a long time and we did some clinics together and had decent success. Uh, and then eventually we started partnering on working with athletes together. He would, we would work together with an athlete. And that's when I realized that we were onto something. Yeah. You know, uh, really not much better than what I could have done with my own athleticism because of the, the issues. Uh, it is kind of uh, uh, opened my eyes, really. Uh, so I had a friend, his and his son played at uh, Bradley uh, University, University of Bradley, I think, or Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. Good basketball player, but he went to trial for a semi-pro team and got cut because he was too slow. So he came to us, uh, we trained him uh, for about six months, and he went back and he was faster than everybody. Same camp, same people. And so I thought, wow, we're on to something, right? And, and, and he went to a free agent camp that you have to pay to go to, so he wasn't invited. Those are fundraisers. When you, when you go to pay, number one, you're not making the team, and number two, it's, they're there to, 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 to raise money. Uh, well, as it turns out, he makes the team, and he's faster than everybody. So much so that the beat writer for that team actually wrote an article about a free agent, a paid free agent camp, which never happens in the United States. I don't know in other countries, but that nobody even pays attention to that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, but but the the beat writer actually called me, said, you know, Mr. Johnson. He said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. He said, I've been covering uh, the Detroit Pistons and the Grand Rapids Hoops for 20 years. He said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've never seen anybody improve like this over a whole career. Leave alone six months, and so then I then I, the light bulb goes on. Right, I'm not a genius, but I'm starting to think, wow, we're onto something. And uh, so you know, I started work, doing some work with athletes, uh, and then and then you know, then everything else kind of evolved from there. So I knew from my own personal experience that it worked, and then I knew if you have a healthy person, oh my goodness, what can you do? Right, we were reproducing Todd Marinovich like results, and I'm like, wow, I didn't, you know, it was amazing to me. And then, so then it kind of took on a life of its own from there. Wow. And he's been my mentor, you know, it's been 21 years now. You know, we, we you know, there's many, many years where we were on the phone almost every day of the week, uh, you know, and we asking him questions, bugging the crap out of him and everything, asking him lots of questions. And, uh, you know, now it's not as much, obviously it's been 21 years now, but that's kind of how, you know, I've evolved was him, him helping guide me, you yeah. know, through the process. Well, like, you, you know Dr. Yes is a special guy when guys that I look up to, like, James Tinker Smith and Jay DeMeo, and then obviously, like, you know, yourself, you guys hold him in such high esteem that, like, 
He's got to be someone special. He's very underrated. I mean, he's he's the most underrated guy out there, to be honest with you. And 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 he's he's absolutely one thing that and he doesn't get the credit that he deserves in more ways than one. But but here's one way he really doesn't get the credit. He didn't have the Soviet system backing him up with the research, right? So all he's doing is getting stuff that's been translated, right, at uh, at uh, uh, at the, the college. You know, he, he went to the Library of Congress and got just translated articles. He doesn't have the system behind him to say, you know, to guide him. He's on his own. Yeah. And, and he digests this stuff, and then he uses it, and I think he's made a lot of advancements on what the Russians were doing, uh, especially with specialized exercises. You know, his background's biomechanics. He's made a lot of improvements on what they did because people don't realize they weren't using specialization. It was just still in its infancy when the Soviet Union fell apart, so it was still evolving, yeah. right? It wasn't... Well, it hadn't taken full form, but he, he has really taken it to a whole different level. A question I, I really want to ask you is uh, just your relationship with, and this is funny too, I, I always hear people calling him professor and other people call him doctor. Uh, I'm talking about Yuri Vershansky here. Some people say Dr. Vershansky, other people say Professor, Vry, uh, uh, professor right. Vershansky. On his website it says professor, so I always call him professor, but some people call him doctor. So it's much more much this, but a question. I guess he's the one applies. Yeah. A, qu- a question I really want to ask was, uh, how did your relationship really, really build with him, and, and like, what, what was he like to work with, and like, you know, in terms of, you know, interpreting his stuff or, or selling some of the material, like, was he easy yeah. going or was he hard to deal with? Because I know just with Derek Evely and Bondarchuk, Derek said that, that Doctor B was very hard to deal with, because Doctor B would constantly think that no, no, you're interpreting this wrong, and Derek would try to explain no, it's just that in the English way, this is how we'd say it, but still, it, it's still saying what you say. Like, how, how was uh, yeah. Professor Ferguson yeah. like to work with? You know, it was it wasn't easy at first, and the reason why was he had been burned by a lot of people. Yes, I, I you know I don't like to rehash you know dirty laundry or nothing, but he he had not been he had not been uh, received hardly any loyalties off super training. Super training sold really really well, right? Yeah, yeah. And he had only received one royalty payment in 1993, and had never been paid again. Wow. Uh, so he was very leery and suspicious and rightfully so of people. The only reason why we got connected because he liked Dr. Yeses. They had had a good you know, the relationship. They'd known each other for a long time. Uh, and, and so you know, that was the, the end for me, if you will. You know what I mean? He kind of, you know, Dr. Yeses' credibility with him kind of was transferred to me a little bit. Um, yeah, it was hard, to be honest with you. And we misunderstood each other a little bit you know, in certain ways. And, and, and he, he had a lot of suspicions. Uh, and, and further to kind of what you're saying, like with Dr. Bondarchuk, you got to remember these guys are genius level guys. Yeah. These aren't just smarter than you guys. They're the smartest, you know, in their field. They're the smartest guy on planet Earth. Yeah. In their field. Like it's so, like not, even 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 if these were English speaking guys, we'd still struggle to understand them because they're so far ahead of us. They're brilliant. They're brilliant guys. They, they don't think like you and I do. Yeah. And so. And, and, and when you're dealing with a guy who's on, on that level, genius level, sometimes personality-wise, you know, they're not the most congenial, affable people. And, and it's not, I think it's because maybe sometimes they have a hard time relating yes. to the average person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you don't make sense to them, and, and, and they don't make sense to you in some ways. So I think that that, it was hard at first. And, and you know what, I would have to 
say Natalia, his daughter, is just a wonderful, sweet person. I was just about to. I was just about to ask. I say Natalia though has helped in the transition. And she the helped a great deal. Yeah. In, in helping uh, in more ways than one. She's it, she has got to be the nicest, sweetest lady you've ever met. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. And she kind of came in there and helped. You know, she said, you know, my dad, you know, has been burned a lot, so this is hard. And she kind of came in and got involved and was helped to bridge that gap, you know, to whatever degree. Yeah. And uh, she's just a wonderful, her and her husband, uh, Massimo, they've been wonderful, wonderful people to deal with, uh, you know, and, and, and we, you know, I, I, and I try to always keep in my mind, and like I said earlier, they are, you know, her dad's stuff is bigger than my brand. And, and, and so I always remember that I'm, a, I'm kind of like an agent for them. And they're not like one of my authors. I'm an agent for each one of the authors to help promote them, you know, to the English-speaking country, you know, English-speaking people, because it's not about my brand. It's about the coaches or the scientists that, that, that whom I represent. So, and, uh, so yeah, it's not easy. Uh, Anatoly, uh, you know, uh, we, we've had a few go-arounds. You know where we didn't understand <laughs> each other on something, and you know, you know, at the end of the day, we both want the same thing. Yeah, it's just you know, and you got to remember too, Russian, the Soviet culture was so different. They were used to things being done for them that you would, in, in, in the United States, you'd expect that you do for yourself. So we had to kind of go through that that whole process too, right? Of of figuring out, okay, what's your responsibility and what's my responsibility. Uh, but part of it is just simply was cultural. They, you know, they lived in a communist society. It's not the same as ours. It's yeah. totally different. Yeah. You, you know, they're brilliant, brilliant people, but there's a lot of things they didn't do on their own because they didn't have to. Yeah. And then in terms of your relationship with, uh, with, with Vladimir Ishin, you, you said that came through, um, that came through Dr. Yeah, Dr. Zatsiorski, yeah. I, I had known Dr. Zatsiorski, you know, to whatever degree prior to that. And I, after, I think after he had seen me put out, I think it was transfer training, I think is what it was, if I remember correctly, um, I, uh, I got an email from Dr. Zaksiorski. He said, you know, I believe that one of my former pupils is one of the world's experts on uh, um, uh, periodization, block periodization. Well, when Zaksiorski makes a recommendation to you about somebody he thinks is on the high end in the world, you, you, you have to listen. Yeah. Because uh, on his own, in his own right, he's probably the world's highest level biomechanist in the world in terms of sports and whatnot. Uh, you know, he was the head of the biomechanics uh, research team in the Soviet Union, which that's 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 no uh, small thing. Um, so when he when he had told me that Dr. Asuran, you know, was one of his former pupils, you know, I was obviously excited. I didn't know I didn't know who Dr. Asuran was. I'd seen his name on a couple of research papers. But I didn't know him. I never. We never spoken. And then you know he sends me a couple of books, and uh, and so we we start to uh, to go back and forth on it a little bit, and we found middle ground, and, and, and I did both of his books, and, and now we just did building the modern athlete together, and he's now working on another book as well. So it kind of that's how it's evolved now. That's great stuff. A question I, I just want to make sure that I, I got to ask you. We kind of spoke about this online. Is and I actually ask a lot of people this question who are within the human performance profession is, in your opinion also, what, what are the best things and the worst things that you're seeing within the human performance profession uh, currently? 
in the United States is what I can speak to because that's what I know. Um, uh, I, 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 number one problem, I'll go through the things that I think are the worst. Number one problem is it's way too much work. Uh, there's way too much intensity and volume for the level of athlete that, that we're working with. Uh, and, and Dr. Barashansky, Natalia, had established this when she did the lecture on general adaptation syndrome. She's saying, you know, the athletes are being worked way too hard in general. Uh, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is the focus is on the wrong thing. We'll look at uh, things like record boards in the weight room, and we'll look at things like, you know, combine testing and think that's what we're shooting for when, in fact, we're shooting for them to be better players of whatever sport they're in, right? And so what does that mean? Well, you've got to look at everything that's involved in that sport, and then how do you develop those things? It's not so simple as increasing their bench press. Uh, there's more to it than that. Otherwise, you know, we could just turn them over to a powerlifting coach and let it be done. You know, let them just get stronger, and that'll be the end of it. Um, so I think the number one thing in the United States that's holding uh, athletes back is, is they're being worked way too hard, number one. Number two, it's it, the focus is on the wrong stuff. And secondly, and thirdly, I, I, I should say, uh, and thirdly, the focus is not only on the wrong stuff, but the tools that they're using are the wrong tools. A lot of times, uh, uh, you know, as far as exercise selection, methods to be used, that kind of stuff. I think those are off on the wrong, wrong place. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I sound a little bit more critical maybe than I should be, but I don't see a lot of great stuff in the United States. You know, some things are okay. I think that, you know, the, this science of readiness, you know, you see a lot of more people doing a lot more monitoring. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's hopefully it's going to stem the stem the tide back the other direction, right? And I, I've seen places like San Antonio Spurs are really resting guys during the season and really being mindful of that. I think that they're ahead of the curve, you know, in that regard. And instead of running guys into the ground, you know, travel is not easy. They're playing their sport at a high level. Um, you know, I think that they kind of are. are, are looking at that from, I think, a smart point of view. And I don't know who, who's even in charge of what the science is, but I, I do believe that, that that makes a lot of sense. You know, um, I, I'm a believer in, you know, minimal effective dose. And uh, and I like I tell everybody, you don't know, how would you know if you're not pushing them too hard if you've never pushed them too little? You don't know what actually moves the needle to get them to improve, right? Yes, yes. So you got to go down to that, that lowest common denominator to find that. Uh, so it's being done in some places. Jay DeMeo is, is, is doing it. Uh, Michigan Tech, Matt Tomey's doing it. Uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, Ryan Gracious is doing it. Um, and other guys I know at different colleges are starting to try the best they can to integrate it. But they, you know, they've got other forces there too, you know, other coaches that have different opinions. So it's not perfect, but, it, but it's starting to move. At least it's moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I, I definitely know. I had Jay DeMeo on the podcast before, and I definitely know he's doing a great job where he is in Richmond. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. I love, Jay's a great guy. So, if I was to ask you, Joseph, so let's say I'm a I'm a young enough coach or someone who hasn't come across a lot of the Eastern European material, and I haven't come across your website yet. What would be your top resources for someone? Like, what would you say? Listen, this is this is the first book you should check out. Or this is the first DVD you should buy to kind of introduce yeah. yourself to to the yeah. material on your website. Great question. It gets asked a lot. Um, I would say the first book that we published that I would recommend would be The Secrets of uh, Russian Sports Fitness and Training because it'll start to give you the ideological background. Mm -hmm. It's not so much the, 
it's not so much like okay the training of what we're going to do but it is it, it gives you the ideological approach of yeah. the viewpoint right yeah and i think that's critical because you have to think totally different you have to get out of the bodybuilding mindset you have to get out of a powerlifting mindset you have to get out of a crossfit mindset you're there for a specific job which is to improve the athlete playing his sport mm. I think I think I think I think that's a I think that's a critical point that like I mean I think that's what that needs to be re- reiterated. You're trying to make them better at their sport. I think who was I listening to? Oh, someone was talking about Doctor Yeses on a podcast, and they said that Doctor Yeses doesn't care about weight room records. He cares he about care less, yeah. he cares about actual records, as in in the sport. It, it was it was Jade it was Jade DeMeo on on somebody's podcast. Either I think I think it was Jade yeah. DeMeo on on Rob Pacey's podcast. I think yeah. Charlie, Charlie Francis, who, who kind of was the person who originally sort of changed my sort of thought process. You know, it was one of those aha kind of moments when Charlie spoke about you know this idea of spending too much of your central nervous system's reserves on activities that won't transfer to your sports. So yes. You get the idea of Ben, like, and he's like, like in his book, the Key Concepts book, he's like, look, at, like Ben did something like sixty to thousand, sixty or seventy thousand meters worth of high high intensity uh, sprint training over the course of a training year and he compared it to other models where people were only getting like in the low thousands over an annual yeah. plan and he's like look how much specific high intensity quality work I got with Ben and then he was saying that, and then he was saying that's why in the weight room with Ben all we do is bench press incline and a bit of a quarter squat we don't do like vicious amounts of Olympic lifting or plyometrics or a lot of stuff that will actually eat into the central nervous system reserves that we want to utilize for his sport, which is sprinting. 
So it just goes back to like uh, Dr. Bunderchuk and he's like, okay, Yuri Sadif wasn't good in any of these general activities that may have a small transfer over. He was good in the actual exercise that he needed to execute. He was the best in the actual exercise that he needed to execute, which was the actual hammer throw. So it, it, it's so funny because you get you can get these coaches just having these, like, these debates of, well, I've, I've got guys squatting two, two and a half, three times body weight and benching a bit. It's like, so? Like, exactly. That's always my response is so. Exactly. So it's just it doesn't matter. You know, the coach is going to get fired if you don't win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So just wrapping up here, Yosef. In terms of the new website, when are you hoping to have it up and running? We should be, you know, this week. So it's November second today. We should be up this week uh, with the with the new functions. Wow. Um, and I think that you know, I hope everybody's going to be, you know, is going to find good value, and I, and I think they will. I. Um, uh, you know, we might be a little bit slow out of the shoot, just trying to get our, get our, our feet underneath us. But I think that everybody's going to be really happy with, you know, how this thing ends up coming out in, in, in a sense of you're going to get more value for stuff um, than you ever had, you know, before. You know, you're going to be like, oh, okay, that book's starting to make more sense to me now. So yeah, hopefully yeah. this week it'll be up and running. Um, but uh, I, we're planning on tomorrow, but we'll see. It, uh, you know, because as you know, there's always some snag. At least in my experience, I always got some snag. <laughs> something, something doesn't go right with me <laughs> just about every time. In in terms of contributors to the website, like have you lined up anyone? Like you're looking at like a James Smith or a Jay DeMeo, like guys who've kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah, so Jay Jay's going to be involved. You know, I haven't talked to James, and I got to get a hold of him. I'm sure that'll probably happen at some point. Him and I have been friends for a, a long time. Uh, I've already asked Louis Simmons to. To, to jump on, and he is. So all of my authors, you can assume those guys. Um, and then also uh, Louis, uh, Cal- Dr. Brian Mann at University of Missouri, who I think oh, wow. doing, doing some really great stuff. I really like Brian. Cal, uh, Cal Dietz, you asked him? Or? Cal, Cal, oh, yeah, Cal's going to be involved. I saw right. one of Cal's books on our site, and Cal's going to get involved, too. Uh, Matt Tomey up at uh, Michigan Tech. And, and, and I, I should mention this. Matt's doing something really unique up there. They have had two years in a row with zero non-contact injuries. Wow. With 100 players, zero, none. And uh, at the same time... What, what, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the sport? Is it football? Football, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow now that's amazing. None, zero. That's unheard of in the, in the United States. And not only has he done that, but here's what's interesting. They were just recently were ranked 11th in the country, and they've never been ranked that high ever. They've actually been the highest ranks they've ever had in the last three seasons that Matt's been there than they had in their whole history. Amazing. Further, no injuries, highest rankings ever, and in terms of you know improvement of athletic ability, they've averaged every offseason a two tenths improvement in their 40. Uh, we've had four to six inch improvements in vertical one season to the next. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't get lost in that stuff because ultimately what matters is that they win. But they're winning too. They're winning and they're playing at the highest level that they've ever played at and making the playoffs when they never did because Michigan Tech is actually the second best engineering school in the whole country behind MIT. So, you know, this is an academic school. Yeah. Uh, and, and these kids all have jobs before they graduate from college. So they are unique in the sense that they weren't the athletic, you know, the kids that you would expect the great athletes, right? They're, yeah. uh, these kids are there for the school and they happen to play football. It's, fu- it's funny you say that because I was listening to uh, an interview with a, his, his name is escaping me now. He was, he was on Mike Robertson's podcast, but he'd spent time in Stanford, this coach, 
and he was yeah. saying he was kind of saying a similar thing that you know you go to Stanford for education and he's like it was so funny that the athletes in the dress rooms like their conversations would be would like they were so different than most kind of average team conversations you'd be in the dress room and the, and the the kids would be talking or the kids the college kids would be talking about like Israel and Palestine and the economy before they went out to play basketball or, or whatever the sport yeah, was right, right, so it's, pro- right. it's probably the same where Matumi is as well it's exactly it. These kids are bright. Matter of fact, what we were looking at developing a few pieces of equipment because uh, there, there, there's not a really good manufacturer in in, uh, in my in my viewpoint of uh, vibration platforms. Wow, yeah. So we're actually having some of his students and athletes are going to work on it for us. Brilliant. Yeah. It, it, here's what's interesting. The uh, Dr. Barashansky had a machine that he had developed when he was, you know, back when he was in Russia. And so they sent me the uh, the blueprints for it. His daughter, you know, Natalia and her husband would like to maybe try to reproduce it. So we sent it up to, to, to Matt's guys that are on the football basketball team, and, and uh, they're going to work on it. <laughs> so these kids are very bright. That's awesome. That is awesome. So you know what I mean? That's kind of uh, uh, interesting that not only are they good students, they're terribly bright. You're uh, you're putting you're putting them to work anyway. Yeah, yeah well, no, I, like I told him, I said, look, we've improved your athletic ability. You guys owe me a, a favor, so <laughs> I, I, I need some help. I need some help with this uh, this really, equipment. So, really. so we're working on a couple of different pieces of equipment with them actually that they're going to engineer for us. I, I just just for the listeners too, in terms of your website, obviously you, you don't just sell the Eastern material. You have some American guys on there. You know, you've got obviously Kyle's books, and then you also have Rick Brunner, which was a book that I bought the last the last uh, order I put through to to your website okay. last. Did Christmas. you like it, by the way? I absolutely, I love the book. Now, I, it was funny because I. I said it to Bill Hartman, and, and hopefully Bill won't get angry with me saying this. But Bill was like, "Oh, it's a good book." But he's like, "I don't know how you know how much it's applicable or how much of it is fully supported by you know real evidence-based science." But like, like Rick's got a lot of studies in there, obviously. But uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed the book. I, I that's why I, I remember I originally had contacted you to get a contact for Rick because I want to get Rick actually on the podcast to interview him about the book. But I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was very, very good. Well, I'll give you a little history on it. Rick actually has a similar background as me, but a little bit earlier. He's a little older than I am. He went over to Russia in like 89, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, 89, yeah. So he's over there with Victor Rogolskin, Echo Viru, uh, Nikolai Volkov. These are names that a lot of people may not recognize. But I, 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 know, I know, I know, I know, I know, Viru, the adaptation sports, and he's Estonian, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's from Estonia, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and his son is still there. Uh, they wrote that the second book together. Uh, but these guys are at the highest end in the world yeah. uh, in, in terms of, uh, of biochemistry, right? And Rick was actually given two medals, awards, in the Soviet Union for his contributions. And he's an American. This is like unheard of, right? Uh, and he had partnered with uh, other Russians when he came back and, and kind of you know started to develop a new business. So... Uh, I can appreciate anybody saying, well, I don't know if this is all backed up by science necessarily, because a lot of the stuff that Rick quotes is it not necessarily American science. Yes, a lot of it's yeah, not, yeah, actually. Yeah. A lot of it will be from overseas. And, and by the way, he, he's done a lot of partnering with, uh, there's a group that's doing uh, genomic research. I think it's in St. Petersburg. Uh, I can't remember now if it's in St. Petersburg or Vladivostok. But anyway, he's in communication. A lot of the, all these guys know him, all the Russians, you know. Dr. Michael Kalinsky, who's actually here in the United States, one of the top bio uh, 
physiology people in the world. It's a good friend of Rick's, kind of a mentor to him. Uh, I can tell you this. We, we put out a product. We, we partnered. As, as he was writing the book, and this will be a little bit of a commercial, so please forgive me. Um, with the writing the book, he said, you know, we can make some of these things, these formulas. I'm, I'm seeing some new stuff that would really be great. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I didn't know. And he said, well, I got this neurological formula. I think it would be a good idea. I said, okay. So let's. So we, we produced. It's called Myosin. And, mm. we, you know, we've had it out for a little while. What we found was interesting was that when we gave the athlete the dose, their vertical jump improved by one inch in, in an hour, uh, which is unusual, obviously, right? You wouldn't expect a, that quick of a response. And I tested it on an athlete, a baseball player here, who was um, you know, obviously really good already. But we were we were testing him with uh, uh, about 140 mile an hour reaction time uh, pitching, uh, you know, the equivalent by putting the machine up closer, and he was getting solid contact over 50 percent of the time. Um, and so that told us, wow, you know, this is real. We're on to something here. So I could tell you from experience, I had known Rick when he was in business before I ever met him, that his formulas and stuff really were effective, the adaptogenic ones and things like this. Yeah. And this one at the neuromuscular junction, junction is kind of a new concept, a new category, uh, but it works. We've had a number of, of uh, pro NHL and NFL uh, players use it co- collegiately, and we're getting great feedback. And if it's a category that is not yet explored, in, which is the neuromuscular junction, how do you make that signal from the brain to the muscle get stronger and more powerful? Well, I, 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 I really, else. yeah, I, I really enjoyed the book now because I've actually done a lot of um, self-education and functional medicine. Just like I've done two two courses online, um, but they were pretty in depth and detailed. So just a lot of the nutrients that he was talking about and their and their biochemical uh, reactions within the body and the adaptations that they elicit in the body. Like I kind of like I heard a lot of this, you know. So a lot of his concussion-based stuff and a lot of the neurologic-based stuff and the adaptogens, you know, I, I'd read on adaptogens before. So a lot of what he was saying, like I, I'd read before and had seen previous studies on it. So to me, it was like this. This makes a lot of sense, and I, I've seen science to back it up. So I really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, there's definitely no other book like that out there in terms for 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 for, for athletic for athletes or like development. As I said I, I learned that stuff through functional medicine for people who've got like. Um, you know, um, are in some sort of chronic degenerative disease or have some sort of me- metabolic derangement. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think the way that you evaluate it is, is this, Robbie: is, is, is does it work or not? Yeah. You, your truth can be told. Like if, if if Rick makes a recommendation, try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, then he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that simple. But I feel very comfortable with you trying it because anything that I've ever tried that Rick's ever recommended has been spot on. Well, Yosef, this has been a, an absolute pleasure. Just just to wrap up, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to anyone listening to this podcast? And this one piece of advice you know, can be anything at all. Anything else. It doesn't have to be just limited to human performance. It could be anything to do with life itself. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that in the field, you know, for me, and I think for other people, you know, who are trying to learn, is not only you know read a lot obviously and, and research a lot but i think one thing that, that is underrated in, in our society i think it's in society in general nobody wants to be the low guy on the totem pole anymore so you that's where you have a lot of internet experts and all these different gurus right uh, but but you know in order for you to really be a master of your craft you have to study under a master for many years mm. and, eat, and, eat, and eat a lot of dirt right a thankless job 
it's possible for you to be a world's expert without that. And, and I think that a lot of, too many people want to be the expert right out of college, right? Yeah. And nobody wants to be the lowly assistant. And uh, in other, other industries, you know, you have to do a residency as a doctor. You have to uh, be a journeyman if you want to be an electrician. Mm-hmm. You have to learn under a master, working side by side with the master. And I think that that is underrated. I think what you need to do is not only read and research, those are important things, but you need to find a master. Uh, mint, apprenticeship it, it, it has become a lost art in the United States, and I think it's definitely something that you, should, you, that you have to be looking at. You need to be an apprentice to somebody who's an expert. You know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day, um, on, so what are we, we're Tuesday today, so on Sunday on Skype, a guy called Rob Coles, he's based in England, the UK. And uh, I, I mentioned to him about this book Mastery that I read last Christmas by Robert Greene, an absolutely amazing book. I absolutely loved it. And it, within, within the book in Mastery, so essentially the, the essence of the book is how did all these like world experts in their respective fields become experts? So he talks about Da Vinci and Mozart. Um, you know, who else is there? Da Vinci, Mozart, like all these famous people in history, Benjamin Franklin, and like, but he, th- he talks about uh, Michael Faraday, and he talks about the way all of these guys had some type of mentor, or, or did some type of mentorship, or, or had someone that they learned under, um, so he's like, this is a key to mastery, that one of the keys was to have a mentor, so it's, it's very interesting that you bring up the same point. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, everybody wants to be an expert way too soon now. And, and, and the bottom line is, in order for you to be world class at what you do, required. Dr. Yesis has said this to me all along because I get frustrated with my own learning or understanding. He said, listen, if you think you're going to understand in six months what it took me 50 years to learn, you know, you're delusional. Yeah, I, I, and, think, I think it's, it's because in the, in the current environment and culture that we live, you know, with the fast pace of the world now, with with technology, that everybody just wants things now. So it, I call it I call it the age of instant gratification. You know, everybody yes. everybody wants so like you know, for instance, when I put something up on Facebook and I get like those sixty likes, I get a bit of a dopamine release in my brain and I feel great, and it's that instant gratification. Whereas, and and Robert Greene speaks about this in the book of Mastery. He's like, true masters know and understand and can appreciate delayed gratification. They're like, I know if I put ten years in here, it'll 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 come for me like. You have to have a different mindset where it's not about your ego. Uh, yeah. I, there was an interesting quote that's attributed to um, uh, to uh, Jimi Hendrix. He's, they, when he talks about you know compliments and things like that, he says, I don't like compliments because they distract me. Yeah. And, and I think that's true. It keeps your mind off of what matters. You know, If you really want to be the best at what you do, it's going... Because it's not about how many books you've read or how many podcasts you listen to or seminars you've gone to. The information far exceeds what you understand. What you're trying to do is grasp it better. Yeah. There's not new material out there that needs to be read. You need to grasp what you've already read. Yeah. And yeah. It, it takes time. And actually, the difference between reading the book and actually carrying it out are two entirely different things. They're not. It's apples and oranges. And, and the, other thing, the, the, other, the other thing, too, about a book is that you should reread it over and over. Like, no, over and over again. And yeah, I, I, I I, I don't mean I don't mean over and over as in like you, you, you finish it and read it again. I mean read it and put it down for a few months or a year and go back and read it because you are a different person every time you reread a book. I know every time that I've that I go back to super training I understand more and more of it because I'm 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 becoming a more knowledgeable coach every time I read it. I'm like, oh now I get what it means. Or when I go back and read uh, Professor Verkashansky's manual for the coaches, special strength training for, for coaches, like I go back and I read it, it makes more sense to me every time, like, you know, so it's just it's critical that you you know you go back over these seminal texts. 
exactly it. And the process, you cannot underestimate. You know, when you look at a Banda Chuck, you say, oh, he's great. But you don't you got to remember how many years it took him to get here. Yeah. And he's 75 years old. Duck Justice is 83. These guys have been around for a while. And there's no way in the world you and I are going to understand what they understand in a short period of time. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Just I'm finishing up on this kind of topic of mastery. One of the... A person that I really look up to is the musician Jack White. I just I'm fascinated by Jack White, and so and I'm kind of fascinated about this whole area of mastery and creative and creativity. And and he often also talks about this idea of that he believes that too much opportunity destroys creativity and mastery. So he's all about like almost constraining his opportunities, and he wants to see what he can create out, out of the least amount of material possible. So kind of this idea of minimum effective dose, like like. How much? How creative can he be in, in these kind of confined restraints? Absolutely, so. absolutely. I think that's the, 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 hitting the nail on the head. You, uh, Dr. Yeses has always told me. He said, "Look, you, everybody's looking for new research." He said, "You don't even understand what's already out there." Yeah, yeah. So it's a waste of time. Yeah. Get back to to to, to reality. You don't understand what you already think you understand. Yeah. You need to go back, and, 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 he's, and it's absolutely true because. I've had over 20 years, I've had different cases, many different times where the light bulb's gone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just realized I never understood that. Yeah. <laughs> and then two years later, it'll happen again, you know? Yeah, I get that. Uh, I get that too. I get that. And I say that to, to like, like some of the younger coaches or coaches getting into the field. We're like, I just, I don't understand this. I might just stick with it. Stick with it because I guarantee what will happen is a year, two, three years in a row, you're going to go, oh, now I understand what he meant. Yes. No, that's exactly it. It's a, it's a, and it's an ongoing process. It's humbling. So if you have a big ego, it's really not the field to be in because you'll be humble. Yeah, absolutely. Final final thing for uh, for we we tell the listeners where they can check out all the products and and the websites and details. Um, who's going to be the next president of the United States? Well, thankfully, it's not going to be Obama. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad of that. Um, other than that, you know, it'll depend on how slippery uh, Hillary can be with all these uh, issues that are going on. Yeah. If she can slide through it, she probably will be. If not, um, you know, Ben Carson's been leading the field here. He is. I, he is. I, I don't like. Not, not that I don't see. Uh, not that I have anything against Ben Carson. Like I'm. I'm very. For whatever reason, I don't know why people don't really know. I'm very into American politics and political history. I just. <laughs> it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, like I come here. I know, like some people, like it doesn't really fucking matter. Like no, no matter who goes in, Republican Democrat, they're still gonna have everyone's still, like. In eight years' time, no matter who's who, who was the president or who's going to be president, they're going to be complaining again. They, they always oh, everyone sure, complains. Sure, so. sure, sure. I but, mean, well, you know, nobody's going to be perfect. I, I'm a conservative, so Obama and I don't see eye to eye from the beginning. It's it's so, so it's so funny that that because uh, when I went to visit Al Vermeil, and if if my friend John McMahon's listening, he'll remember because he he was there with me and we we were having dinner and from a from a uh, physical preparation or strength and conditioning standpoint, like Al is definitely one of my mentors, and like we are just like. We are just like, you know, soulmates when it comes to strength and conditioning. But then when it comes to politicals, we're the opposite end. Like, he's like ultra-Republican, conservative. Yeah. 
it's so funny, and I'm I be but real. It's kind of it's kind of funny you say that because Dr. Yusuf and I are ultra. We, uh, when we have uh, conversations on politics, we're opposites. He's very liberal. Yeah, I'm the know, same. I'm the same too. Yeah, I I would be like, listen. Uh, to be honest, uh, I I it really I'd say, listen. I'm not liberal or Republican. I'm not liberal or conservative. I'm not Democratic or or Republican. I'm just I'm just a human being. That's pretty much yeah. it. I'm just all about being a, 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 so we we use the word in Ireland here just being a sound person which means just be a good person that's kind of where I'm yeah. at like just sure. un, un, unconditional love for everyone that's kind of where I'm at and, and showing empathy and compassion and understanding but sure. I suppose if you said to me if I had to pick a party I'd be sort of more liberal than anything else even though I, I, I can see it was funny because I had this conversation with Mike Boyle one day and I was like would you be more democratic or republican and he was like I'd, I'd probably vote Republican, and I was kind of like, really? And he goes, he goes, just, just let me, let, let me say a few things. He says, I've, I says, I'm all for gay marriage and gay rights. He says, uh, the gun thing, I take it or leave it. But he's like, the reason why I go Republican because I own a business and I don't want to be taxed into oblivion. So I just started laughing. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, you know, you've got to realize, you know, and what's interesting for you is a lot of people they'll say, oh, in Europe things are so much better, uh, you know, uh, you know, in certain ways, or, uh, but you know. I, I tell everybody, you know, I'm like, well, how do you know whether or not things are better everywhere else? Is there's no line to get out of this country. There's a line to get in. Yeah. We have to cover our border. There's no line to get out of here. If you want to leave, you can leave. And so I, I, the way I look at it from the, is, is I'm a very patriotic, number one. Yeah. And I, and what I, this is how I look at it. We are the most, if you want to call it from a political point of view, especially economically, we would be the the country that abides by the most conservative uh, economic principles of any other country in the world, right? Nobody else is as conservative as we are. Even with a liberal president, we're still more conservative. You know, the taxation rate is lower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have less social programs. Uh, but so, so no one is. It's funny that no one, uh, very, very little, do they ever draw the conclusion that wow, wonder why we're the economic powerhouse of the world. It's because of those principles. And it doesn't mean that you, you don't show compassion to people. I think, but what happens is, is that people's motivation becomes de decreasing the more that they're taken care of by the government. Uh, and and this, is, this is what I was talking about earlier with the Russians, which is kind of interesting. Because of the, the you know, there was no opportunity for you to really get ahead, if you will, economically. Yeah. They kind of sunk down to the level of, okay, well, this is the way it is. I'm not going to work too hard because it doesn't make a difference. And so I think there's a balance. You have to have compassion, definitely, on people who really deserve compassion. But by the same token, you don't want the uh, the, 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 the government to be uh, controlling people by the, the, the entitlements that it gives out either. You know, True, yeah. I mean, you, you, you could nearly be, be doing them damage more so than kind of trying to... Well, you're, you're hurting people's... I think what's happening is you, you can hurt people's their motivation and, and also take away their dignity. Mm. We as human beings need the dignity of being able to take care of ourselves, if that's possible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it, you know it's an interesting conversation because I I would be very much of the like so I like everyone anyone knows me I always say like people are the way they are for a reason people are victims of their culture and their environment so a lot of people are driven by these subconscious belief systems and that's how they see the world so. Yeah. But what I will say, and, and that's where I do believe you have to have empathy and compassion, because people are the way they are for reasons that they don't even understand why they are. And again, it comes back to you know, it comes back to the environment shaping the organism. But at the same hand, at the same time, I, I do understand. Like as I had this conversation with a friend of mine one day, is like, well, where do you draw a line with that? Because, like you know, like it's it's kind of like the, you still want to tell people or like people. 
like you are very much in control of your life and it's just because of people people if they have a subconscious mindset like of a victim mindset again if if they if that was the kind of environment that they were brought up in that listen that you're not in control of your life that you know that you're determined by your genetics and all this like genetic determinism and we know now from the science of epigenetics that it's the environment that dictates an organism's expression and from an and from an environmental standpoint the biggest factors on us as as biological organisms are things like our nutrition and our sleep and our circadian rhythms and environmental toxins and then our relationships with people and our thoughts that we have on a daily basis and exercise and we are very much in control of all of those things so at the same time i believe when people understand that listen you are responsible for everything you bring into creation moment to moment once once they consciously can agree that with you then then i think yeah you can definitely say listen you know if you've consciously agreed with me that you're in, in control of your life well then that empathy and compassion can be like a little a little far-fetched in them but for the most part people are, are are just locked into like their subconscious belief systems and they don't realize why they are the way they are so in that regard i also believe that you need to have empathy and compassion very much like martin luther king was like listen the, the like white people treat us like this because they don't know any different and if we were them we'd be doing the same thing that's how i all say it like like if i was born in germany in the 1930s i would have thought hitler was the real deal like and i would have thought yeah, like, what he sure. was doing was righteous you know so that's so kind of What's interesting in the United or here in the United States, and you were referencing two things that are interesting. You're referencing the, the, the uh, our minorities of the black black Americans. What's interesting in 19 up until 1968, uh, blacks actually were catching white people economically. In the year that the Great Society was instituted, actually went into effect, uh, they started sinking back again because you know if, if you grow up on on, on entitlements. Your, your motivation level. Yeah, yeah. No, it, no. So I, I actually, they actually tracked it because I'm an economics major. Wow. Right? And there's an interesting book called The State Against Blacks by Walter Williams, who's a black economist, and said after they actually started to institute a lot of social entitlement uh, in, in programs in the United States, blacks actually started doing worse, which is interesting. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why is that their dignity was taken away. Even though there's a lot of discrimination that you have this self sense of dignity of taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it, it's kind of like instead of teaching the man to fish, you're just giving him a fish, you know, instead of kind of empowering him to be like, listen, it, it should be nearly more like in my in my topics, why not give them more educational programs and just give them entitlements and, and you know, empower them to take control of yes. their lives? No, no, no. You're, no. And you're exactly right. And so what you find is I, I, I'm, a, I'm a parent. I have three boys and my oldest one is uh, 22. And then I have two younger boys. Um, and what I find is, uh, I- I- here in the United States, you've got parents who become kind of helicopter parents, if you will, and yeah. they try to save their kids from everything that's going on. And, and what I what I, I want my kids to be disappointed. I want them to be let down because that's the way the world works. It's not everything's not happy and getting carried away and worried about what you think or feel. And I think that the problem in the United States, for us anyway, is we've gotten overly. We're trying to shun are kind of trying to protect people from everything. But the only way that you grow and develop and become better is by... Experiencing all those emotions, yeah. And being disappointed. Yeah. If things not working out, how, how, how can you develop resiliency when you don't have to be resilient? But see, that, that's because we portray losing and disappointments as bad things, and they're not. They're just part of the waves that are life. You don't. You wouldn't know an up if you didn't know a down. It's all part of the process. It's like you wouldn't know, yeah. day, you wouldn't know daytime without nighttime or life without death. But we portray... This is the problem. We're playing a game that no one can win. You can't have all yin and no yang. And exactly. then so, so we're, exactly. all, we're all like, oh, the dark is bad, or losing is evil, or you know, it's like, well, you those things are part of the yin yang process. Like you, you need you wouldn't, necessary. 
You yeah, exactly. You wouldn't know left without right. You wouldn't know hot without cold. You wouldn't know a male without a female. You wouldn't know day without night. You wouldn't know winning without losing. You wouldn't know happy without being unhappy. These are these aren't none of it is good. None of it is bad. It's all just part of the journey. And you wouldn't be able to appreciate the good stuff unless you tasted the bad stuff. Exactly. You don't you don't you, you don't know the difference. Exactly. And I think that's the key for me. So I'm a political conservative. I came up with having no money, no nothing, yeah. and I, I'm fine. You know, I I, I live. And, and, and no social programs. My, you know, we my, my we barely made it, but we made it. You know, but we didn't develop uh, lean on the government. And I think that was the key. It, it gave me a sense of uh, individualism and relying on myself uh, and, and looking to me to make things happen. So out, out of uh, out of the Republican candidates, you'd like to see? Would you like to see Ben Carson get the nomination? Uh, you know, I don't know yet. I, I like him from a character point of view. He seems to be has, have good character. Yeah, he's, he's I, a level head like a level head. On and he's and, and nobody can say he's not smart. No, he's he's a neurosurgeon. He's a genius. Well, he, he, and he might be one of the best neurosurgeons in the world. Yeah. So he's no dumb dumb. I don't know yet. I don't know if he has the savvy. And, and and I think time will have to bear that out. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump's. I think you know he's a lot of bluster. Uh, but when it gets down to, to, to governing, you're not going to be able to just bulldog your way through everything. No, so I, I don't think I don't, I'm not a big fan of his, um, and I'm not. Uh, I'm so- I, I don't have any of the candidates that I really like. Oh, you know, I'm really like totally on board. But I, I, I like Ben. I, so far, he said a few things that maybe not the greatest things to say. But I like him from a character point of view. Yeah, he seems to have good character, and, and I think that's more important in presidency than intelligence. Because if you don't have good character. Uh, bad Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini—they weren't stupid, but they had no character. So I, I'm a little bit—he's obviously intelligent. I'm more worried about does he have uh, the good moral character, yeah. right, to do the right things. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what matters to me the most. And that—that that, it, it's going to bear itself out a little bit more as we get to know more about uh, him when the spotlight increases. Then I think next year we'll be able to kind of know better. But so far, you know, I, so far I haven't been overly disappointed with him, you know, right. in things that he said. A few things maybe I'm not crazy about, but otherwise, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning in that direction. But things can change, as we, as you know, uh, at this time eight years ago, nobody really cared who Barack Obama was. True, true, yeah, true. I mean, he he literally was just getting on the map. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's your president. So. Uh, I, 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 we'll 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 see. The sad part is in the United States, politics is marketing. Yeah, and, true. Uh, if you can sell the commercial the best, you know, and make do create the best marketing campaign, you get elected president. Uh, that's the big. Whether or not you've ever had a job before, which Barack Obama had never actually had a job before. And it's the big. It's job. the big money behind each of those candidates too. You know. So. Yes. Yes, but yes, uh, I think that's that's the most amount of politics we've ever had on this on this podcast. So, but anyway, just to wrap up, Yosin. So, your website, Ultimate Atlee Concepts. Is yes. there is there anywhere else people can find you? Are you on Facebook yeah, or UA, Twitter? Yeah, and, and we're gonna have a UA Concepts will be the new site. You'll be redirected by the UltimateAtlee We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Neutromic.com. You can follow the work of Rick Bruner. We're going to be developing new products there. So the MileSync is already available right. on there. I'll have links uh, for all that in the show notes, though. So. Yeah, and Neutromic.com. You can check us out there, Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're really excited. Uh, I think this is going to be something cool for the listeners as a continuing education source uh, and to fill a void that, that's there, I believe. That's great stuff. Great stuff. Joseph Johnson, that's uh, absolutely amazing. 
really really enjoyed you having on the show and uh, really truly did enjoy that because I, I loved hearing the stories about Dr. Yeses and Professor Vershansky and, and Dr. Bondarchuk you know yeah. these guys that I really look up to so I just want to say personally for me thank you so much for the work you're doing I mean it's it, it, I mean, without you this great information wouldn't get out to the masses and I just want to say something to the listeners too that this is I don't know if you remember this a long time back I, I bought a, a DVD by Dr. Ishran and like me you know I get new things and I throw them to the side and I probably probably had it for about six months and then when I went to yeah. go, when I went to go watch it the DVD wasn't working too well and I was yeah. like oh. I was like oh no so I contacted uh, Yosef saying sorry could I get it could I get a new one and I, I said like I'll pay for it obviously and then Yosef goes no problem send it, send it out to me for free even paid for the shipping out of his own pocket like unbelievable customer service so this is the type of guy that, that, that you're going to be dealing with he's genuine down to the very marrow in his bone so Yosef uh, for me personally thanks so much for what you're doing no, thank you. Uh, like I said, and we, 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 we want to do our best customer service-wise as well, and it's our pleasure and our privilege to be able to do that. So it's no big deal on my part. It's, it's, it's absolutely the, the least that we can do. And we appreciate, uh, you know, you having us on because uh, it's not easy, uh, you know, because we're a little bit different, and I know that everybody, you know, it's not totally mainstream. And so I appreciate you uh, taking the time to look outside of, uh, normal convention and, and and giving us a look at, and, and attention as well. Absolutely, absolutely, of course. So just just stay online for just one minute while I wrap up. So guys, that, an absolutely brilliant podcast with Joseph Johnson. Make sure you check out his website, Ultimate Alley Concepts. Uh, it will have a, a new. Uh, a new URL but as he said that the link from the old one will, will bring you there and I'll have all that in the show notes and all the other links to everything else like his website with Rick Brunner and whatnot so you can check out those uh, nutritional supplements if you want to look at that as well so guys from me until next time take care be well and stay strong